0: Disclaimer, all views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the internet talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I am your host as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, he is a Pokemon, shiny Pokemon hunter streamer and also plays a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh and has appeared on the Magic School Bus. It's Alfgar. Of
2: course you'd say that. <laughs> how you doing, everybody? Tony, thank you so much
1: for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. This, this getting you on—it's this has been like listen, a, like a it's, season. Been like a,
2: it's been like an eight-month ordeal trying <laughs> to get me on.
1: <laughs> One of the most sought-after guests that I, I tried to get on, and we finally get you. Uh, it's just because of how schedules lined up and like real-life events. Oh and yeah, sh- shit happens. But hey, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. We do. But before we get into any of that, because you're brand new here, we get to start off with the loading screen where you get to give us your favorite video game, video game character, and video game soundtrack.
2: Whoa. I mean, I, I, I think I know what my favorite soundtrack is. Um, Pokemon Explored uh, – Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explores the Sky – Yes. Easily, oh my god. Are you like I will loop that sound. I will put on the 6 hour full soundtrack with the <laughs> extended cuts from the first game. It's so good. Yes. I never played Explorers
1: of Sky. I was like hardcore that's, Explorers that's of a I played I played I played so much Explorers of Time though. And Here's that thing, like when I the time both. sky came out, I was so sick of like just that mystery dungeon game Dude, of i could played.
2: never get tired of that genre it's i feel like they really tended to uh mess with it the the more it went on and it kind of got not as great but it's that era explorers of time darkness and sky was they were great games with great storylines yes um, and sky basically just added a couple extra features um and then added the side stories, which I think you would genuinely enjoy. Uh, there's a Bidoof side story.
1: I, I've seen oh. the side stories. Like, I remember, I don't I don't remember what it was. I think it was, like, last year. I stumbled across, like, I think it was, like, just boss fights from, like, it was, like, all boss fights from Explorers of Sky. And I watched it. It was, like, three hours long or something like that. And it even covered the side stories. I'm like, oh, there was a Bidoof one. That's cool.
2: So, favorite game? Oh God, that's honestly a hard one. Let me, hold on. Let me open up my Steam library to make <laughs> sure I don't forget anything. Because I, here's the thing: I tend to have game hyperfixations, so it'll change from time to time. But Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh are always a constant. Um, Master Duel is. It's up there. It's a good game at times. (laughs) At times, yeah. (laughs) It depends on the season that you're in. And with (laughs) Kashira just dropping, it's not fantastic. Um, But I think I'd have to say favorite game is probably Pokemon Crystal. It's kind of just the OG. It's the first game I ever played as a kid. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the story is uh, currently I'm 25. uh, And my Pokemon career is old enough to drink. Um, I've been playing Pokemon since I was three. Uh, so it's, I've been playing Pokemon for 22 years. Now I wasn't good when I was three. I half knew <laughs> what I was doing and I definitely didn't release my Quilava in all line city. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Listen, I was a dumb four year old. Let me live. Oh my um, God. But yeah, no, uh, I'd have to say crystal just in terms of both replayability, especially with things like universal Pokemon randomizer now, so I can just keep continuously mixing it up. Uh, yeah, there's something about that sound font mixed with uh, the 16-bit graphics. It's just it—it it really just hits the spot. Plus, like going back to Kanto is always fun.
1: It is, it is. And favorite game character?
2: Oh God, um, huh? I I I want to pick something not from the Pokemon franchise, but like my brain can't go to anybody but from the Pokemon franchise. <laughs> I mean, unless we're going to go with John Halo, in which oh, John case, Halo, old the babies. Master Chief. Once um, he comes no, to Pokemon. I would probably do the Pokemon John Halo crossover. I'm so ready. Pikachu p- picks up a Needler and shoots some Elite in the face. Something like that.
1: I mean, I think the most realistic way we see that is uh, the Fortnite. Halo randomizer does something. Oh, Pokemon. yes.
2: The Halo randomizer. I completely forgot that existed.
1: I, 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 was, I was watching uh, Ray Narvaez Jr.'s highlights of, of that, and there's just a scene where it's Mario Kart and Dante and Goku appear as a team, and it's just the funniest shit I've seen.
2: That's so funny. Um, But to get back to it, favorite game character, I would probably have to say is from the Pokemon franchise, and I would have to actually say, this is going to be a really odd one, I love Lysander as a character. The Antag from Gen 6. Yes. Oh, my God. Like his uh, his entire thing is preservation of life, preservation of beauty at the cost of life, which is a really interesting concept in and of itself from uh, like a hypothetical and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Philosophical standpoint, Um, because you get into like what's moral, what's good about this. But you look at the reason behind the entire storyline with King as from way, way back who gained eternal life. Oh my God. If you haven't played through gen six, I'm pretty sure that you have, but if anybody hasn't played through gen six, I do highly recommend it. It's, it's the generation that introduced the Megas. Like, are you kidding me? People went bananas for the Megas. Oh my God. Are you, and as soon as, uh, Omega Ruby alpha Sapphire came out and we got Megas of, uh, the hoenn starters oh people lost their shit oh people did absolutely
1: abs they absolutely did i lost my shit i remember that
2: <laughs> did i ever say what character i don't think yeah oh, no you, yeah, like you just did, yeah. <laughs> listen it's been a long day yeah no Lysander's just a very interesting and complex character which i find uh in the newer era of pokemon can be lost like obviously there's some really really good ones but you cannot convince me that hop and how are not the same character
1: yeah no you're very right about that
2: like it's just like it's hard to after doing this for what 25 30 years now it's hard to continuously mix up the formula but i think that uh they they still do do it but i would say that lysander was really the one that stuck out for me in gen six
1: okay all righty uh, well, with that now taken care of, it's time for us to dive into our headline of the week, which there's there's a... I, I don't know what... It, it's Pokemon related, but it's making me question, what was the point of the Pokemon Presents if you're going to drop this? Uh, last week, we talked about the Pokemon Presents and everything that happened. And then I think it was like the next day or two days later, they dropped a trailer for the Indigo Disc. And yeah. we're like, okay, where was this Pokemon? Why are we getting this now? Yeah,
2: like I, I just I don't really understand the uh the need to release the whole trailer, be like, all right, that's all we have for today. And then two days later it's like, All right, we have another trailer for you. Uh, like, why would you not just show it during the presents and make the presents a little bit longer, which yeah, people would probably like.
1: Longer. Yeah. It would have been nice. Um, but the indigo disc trailer, it's showed off a couple things. We got we're gonna be getting all the starter Pokemon. All of them back, they're coming back, baby, which is awesome. We're getting,
2: did it show all of them? Or it it showed most,
1: it, it, it showed most. It showed like from each generation, like Tepig from Gen 5, Fennekin, Gen 6. I'm gonna watch
2: the trailer real quick on 2x speed. Yeah, I don't remember, but if, yeah, a good chunk know. of them. Yeah, I don't know if they ever confirmed. Okay, it's perfect, it's like right at the beginning, so let's just go through the generations real quick. Uh, there's two and three. There's four and five. There is, I haven't seen, there's six, there's seven. And then, of course, we have eight and eight. Yeah, no, they all will be there. That's very interesting. I wonder why they wouldn't just say that all the starters are returning uh, po- it's pokemon you know uh, how they uh, yeah you're right they do like to hold information until like the last minute or until it gets leaked and then they have to confirm it or deny
1: it exactly uh we're getting two new moves psychic noise which when it hit by it it'll prevent the target from healing or using a healing move that they were using so in the example they gave uh it was like a snorlax or something was hit uh by psychic noise and they couldn't use rest uh, like they were planning to. Interesting. So really, so, that's so going to have does, some interesting mechanic, capabilities.
2: I, I apologize. Does that mechanic apply to, is that just for moves? Or would that also apply to items like leftovers?
1: I don't so, actually know. They only showed that one uh, okay. example in the trailer. So it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to definitely one that a move that will be labbed out a bit to see what it's, what everything that it could possibly do.
2: I will say it would be an interesting concept if it were able to stop leftovers, because that would introduce a kind of new-ish mechanic of uh, moves explicitly stopping items from popping. Yes, definitely. That would be interesting to see. Like, I'm sure that there are some other mechanics that I'm forgetting about, or some specific move that I'm forgetting about. But generally, I think that'd be a really interesting place for VGC. And I don't really do a lot of VGC. I did some when I was a kid at, like, Locals, but... Um, no, I think it'd be a really interesting concept. And speaking of interesting concepts, there are what two, there's one other new move and then yes. two ex- signatures, I think?
1: Yes. So starting off, the other new move is upper hand,
2: which- oh, Yes, this one, priority it, before priority. Pri- yeah, it's such priority. a cool concept, yeah, I hate I, that it took them this long.
1: Yeah, a very cool concept. So it will move first if your opponent is using a priority move. So it'll beat that so that makes it like a what a plus 7 priority or something like that if it's Let me look up what max priority is. I think
2: it is plus 6.
1: Uh which is it's just crazy that they're doing this. Uh we don't know what type a, of a move plus it six. is. It'll be a plus 6. Okay. Yes. And I believe it also makes the pokemon flinch. Because uh, I believe that's, they showed
2: that in the trailer. That's so wild because there has to be, in my opinion, there has to be a drawback to that. Because pri- priority in something like VGC is insanely, insanely common. I feel um, like the
1: drawback might be like... Uh, you, you, something like Protect can, oh, or something like faint, Like that, yeah, or like it can't be used... Like if it's like not a priority move that's being used against it, it doesn't work or something like that. Yeah, it
2: either fails or maybe even does something like
1: recoil. Mm, possibly. It'd be interesting. That's fun. It would be interesting. Uh and then we got uh what they showed us in the initial Pokemon presents with uh our new Paradox forms. They official. this was like their official, even though thanks to CeraBee and other sources, we got their names earlier. But thanks to now this, we have the official names of Raging Bolt and Iron Crown. Raging Bolt, our boy, the Ryko, Giraffe, even though it's based off a dinosaur. That is what they're based on. It means Entei might be a T-Rex. Which- Not,
2: see, do you want to <laughs> know what I'm pinning? I am almost sure that uh, Entei is going to turn into a Triceratops. Because I would say that Suicune turned into a raptor slash t-rex kind chynos- of oh, yeah. hybrid so now that we have the uh bronchio or stegosaurus wherever you want to draw it uh for Raiku, i think triceratops or maybe even something like an iguanodon like Ooh. the uh the ones that or sorry uh iguanodons i think are the ones with like the like round heads that are bipedal yes Yes, yes, you know what I'm talking about. I know what it Um, is. I think that either of those, but considering they've made these two pretty drastically different. I would say that we're probably going to get something like a Triceratops. And I swear, if we get a Pterodactyl, I, I don't even know what
1: I'm going to do. <laughs>
2: Dude, no! No, don't do it! Kokomo, you've committed enough it. crimes already. Don't do it again. And, like, for me personally, I am all for the Sacred Dinos. That's what I'm calling The them. Sacred I that, Dinos. I like I think like they're that. a really cool concept. I'm glad that we're getting kind of something new with them after getting something with uh the gen one birds last uh generation yeah it's oh yeah yeah it's cool that they're kind of starting to do this alternate form on legendaries kind of thing yeah uh
1: well raging bolt he's electric it it, it is electric dragon because like all legendaries they are not actually gendered the signature move is thunderclap Which is going to be a priority before a target makes a physical attack or just an attack in general. So, another priority move uh, for
2: very interesting that they. Well, I mean, I'm glad that they're introducing different typed priorities. Like, obviously, the the go to back in the day was quick attack, Aqua Jet. Like that that was that was priority back in my heyday of Gen Three, Gen Four um but seeing them come out consistently with these new priority moves makes it very interesting and yeah i would just say pretty interesting for something like vgc um where you're constantly trying to get the upper hand on your opponent so introducing something that adds both move and competitive changes i think is really really good
1: yes and then our second boy, Iron Crown, which I think calling them the Cyber Swords would be pretty cool.
2: That's okay. I am so on board for that. Cyber Swords? That's a good one. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It is a Steel Psychic type with the signature move of Tachyon Cutter, a two-hit move, which in the demonstration they showed were on Mimikyu, which is what it attacked. It demolished Mimikyu's disguise and then uh, went to deal some heavy damage uh, to our ghosty boy. Um, so uh, pretty, I I think that's a pretty tame signature move of just making it a, a guar- it's a guarantee to hit move as well so Let me check something real quick
2: because I have this really weird itching feeling that Tachyon Cutter is one of those moves that always crits Oh does it I mean with a name like that I wouldn't be surprised uh, like on cutter inflicts damage hitting twice per use it bypasses accuracy checks so it's always oh, so it to, always hit so it's it, to that's it always means hit.
1: it always hits twice because it will always hit twice ah. that's
2: that's interesting yeah that so that's basically in my opinion a counter to a move like surging strikes where surging strikes was the multi hit move that always crit this is the multi hit move that never misses, yeah which is that's, always... Oh, which, God,
1: I think that's, that, that's just that's just good against... Uh, that would be good in, like, challenge runs where you're, like... Yes!
2: Oh, my goodness. Getting, like, a randomized Tachyon Cutter, that that's, like, that's like Game Ender. That's easy. Yeah, it, easy, mode. easy. Easy mode.
1: Easy mode. Easy mode there. Uh, and then they the, the trailer ended with this, like, a showcase of, like, all the terrestrializations, and then all of a sudden, this new terrestrialization comes up. They're like, wait, what's that? And then they have this... Animation of a crown in all 18 types. Uh, we're assuming at this point, because we don't actually fully know what it means, that it's gonna be like how in Legends Arceus there was a plate that represented every type for Arceus, that this is a terrestrialization that represents every type, and it's probably gonna be for Terrapagos.
2: Yes. So I would hope that this is and like I said, I would hope this is exclusive to Terapagos. Yes because if if it's not and you're able to tra- yeah dude it's just like <laughs> what, what happens it's like VG's, vgc is in shambles like i can already tell that this move is probably going or this terror this new terror type is going to be insanely weird for vgc unless terapagos gets banned which it probably will um It's it's just it's so insane of a move because I've seen speculations of, oh, it's going to be super effective against everything or like. And it's just it's so wild to think about because this is just basically what Terra Pulse like this is mainly I think in the direct they used Terra Pulse to demonstrate. Yeah. So they never said what it did.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting what it does. My my theory is that. Because we've seen the two forms of Terrapagos uh, with mm-hmm. the anime showing, like, this turtle form. And then from the game trailer, we see the image of, like, the actual turtle itself. This move might be what changes Terrapagos into that form, possibly. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think it'd be very, very interesting. I'm just I'm quickly re-watching the direct and skipping to that portion. Because wasn't there also, uh, I remember from the direct, uh, what's the other... Uh, Oh, the teal mask. Yeah. Um, yes, it looked like he had his own terrastalized exclusive. Yes,
1: yes. Like when it terrestrializes, it has an exclusive form as well, with a making him a lot scarier. So Biggest- my,
2: yeah, my question is: is is this a competitive change or is this a story change? Because if this is if this just adds something to story, okay, yeah, that's really really cool, but. I feel like they wouldn't be teasing this new terrestrialization type without having plans for it to be usable by all Pokemon. Yeah, no, doubt. They wouldn't be hyping it up in the way that they are. And if they are, damn, they really got me. I took the (laughs) bait on
1: this. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see, nonetheless. uh, We know that the Teal Mask drops next month in September. And then the uh indigo disc will be dropping later this year closer to holiday uh 2023 uh hopefully hopefully this means that we'll see like i don't know maybe another pokemon presents in like november with that with maybe more details and also uh, maybe like information on future pokemon games like the next mainline game because you know indigo disc will essentially be the wrapping point for scarlet and Violet.
2: And what my question is, is what's going to happen first? Are we going to get another Legend-style game? Are we going to get another main series game? Or are we going to get a remake?
1: It's a because big question.
2: I, I don't know, dude. Having the new uh, Duraladon evolution, whatever it lays out, go into the bridge in front of Driftvale City, I don't know, dude. That's a little telling for me. Oh, my God. Do you know the image that I'm talking about? Yes, I pre- I yeah, think okay. I do. Yeah. So basically it just turns into the bridge and I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty not subtle hint, but we'll see wherever it goes. Exactly. Uh, Well, with that, that
1: wraps up our headline of the week. It's now time to dive into everything else that happened this week. Uh, Let's hop into the week in review.
0: Recapping the news of last week from major studio highs and lows, TCG updates, board games and MMOs. This is the week in review.
1: And taking a look at some of the games that came out this past week, we had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are, this is a game developed by Asymmetrical Survival, uh, developed by the people who gave us the Friday the 13th game, which is shutting down. It will be off of like store pages at the end of this year, and servers will be shut down at the end of next year. Uh, so it's like 4 bucks if you want like a pretty good uh, horror multiplayer game with your friends to play this Halloween. Go pick that I mean, yeah, up. Yeah,
2: that, that sounds super fun.
1: Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk released, which is a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future. And Moving Out 2, a sequel to the very popular cooperative uh, Moving Out. Uh, those are some of the games that released this past week. As for the news, I'm going to start off with this because it literally just happened or it just it just came out. And I did not have time to, to watch it yet, but we'll cover it next week. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon Gaiden had a brand new overview release. It's like a eleven minute eleven minute video with a new story trailer, new gameplay stuff. I will be covering that next week.
2: Because I love Yakuza so much. And I cannot wait for this game to come out. I, I don't remember who it was. But one of my friends definitely told me about. Uh, like They're like you should play Yakuza. I think that you would like it. So maybe I'll take a look
1: into it. They're definitely worth it. I've played every single entry. And they are all fantastic. Well I, I they're all great. But Yakuza 3 is rough. Because of how the controls very much jar. Because it's it's just like an hd port of yakuza 3 which is the oldest game in this in the batch right. now um, into the actual news that i did co- uh, cover that we are covering uh, starting off with some very sad news uh, for microsoft and the xbox 360 players they announced that the xbox 360 store will be taken offline next year which will be just a couple years shy of the console's 20th anniversary
2: all I'm going to say is I might have to crack out my 360 and download some staples.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now's, we, we, you, have a, you have a good couple of months, so if you want to keep on that game preservation for some that never moved over, some that aren't backwards compatible, now's your chance to get those saved. And hey, maybe Gerard the Completionist will do what he did with the Nintendo <laughs> 3DS and Wii U
2: with the, with the Xbox 360. <laughs> and we'll see how much that costs. I don't even want to think about how much it would cost just because like the Wii U definitely had like a lot of titles on it but this is the 360 we're talking about like that one that was the game console for multiplayer games when I was growing up outside outside of Nintendo games like if it were at least in my sphere of where I lived it we were a, a 360 kind of place. nobody really played PlayStation so like, I can't even imagine, based on how many games I just played as a kid on the 360. I can't even imagine like how many games there are on the 360.
1: It's crazy to think about. Uh, still looking forward to that video, Gerard.
2: Can't also, wait. That, that 20th anniversary, <laughs> man. That yeah, that just one a little shy. Soul, little just bit. a little,
1: a couple of years shy. I don't know how many years. I think shy, it was 2006 but, that oh, the 360 came out. That's like two years shy. You could have waited. You couldn't have waited just a little bit longer. I mean, it means that come 2026, we'll probably get like a special
2: Xbox Series X that looks like the 360 or something like that. Oh wait, it's only it's only going to be a year shy. Uh, the initial oh. release date was November 22nd, 2005. Oh, why wouldn't why wouldn't you just end it then? Make it yeah. make it easy. Make
1: it full circle. Full circle, 07's in the chat, and then, you know, release a special edition of the Series X or whatever.
2: Yeah, something like that. (laughs) And make it playable with all the Xbox 360 games. Yeah. Like, every Uh, single one.
1: A new Walking Dead game based off the show uh, was shown off. It's uh, called The Walking Dead Destinies. This spans seasons 1 through 4, and it kind of gives off a little bit of a what-if as well, because you could let Rick Grimes die, uh, you could have him get killed by Shane and have Shane be the lead for however much longer uh, it was when they killed off Shane in the show.
2: I will say I was never a huge walking dead fan. I kind of missed that one. Yes. Yeah, what I will say is from what I do know about the walking dead, have, being able to re- rewrite these stories is going to be very, very interesting. Cause it sounds like there's going to be a lot of kind of a lot of different endings.
1: Yes, definitely. So if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and you, uh, you like choice based stuff, sort of like how the original Walking Dead Telltale series was, but you want to use the characters from the show, hey, this looks interesting. And it controls a bit more like modern, not like a story, more story driven point and click. There's going to be like a lot more to do with it. Uh, in some purgatory news hitman world of assassination has added uh, some new content to the game including the sarah havo 6 campaign which was from hitman 1 like the modern hitman 1 which has been in purgatory like content purgatory for seven years that's
2: so interesting that you would decide to like really bring that like Okay, anytime something is in content purgatory, whether it's a game, whether it's a show, whether it's an anime, whether it's like anytime you're in like that year, like that span of is it ever gonna actually come back? Are we going to get new stuff for this? Cause like, I don't know about you, but back in 2000, what, 14, whenever Bleach stopped, my (laughs) heart stopped. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I'm never gonna see the rest of Bleach animated. And, It, it just took like eight years or something it's yeah, fine it just took eight years. no but like any time that you have something like a game like that that has such a long content lull being picked up after that long it's definitely very interesting but hey props to whoever loves uh hitman and hitman one and World well of yeah assassination. it makes
1: sense because uh hitman world of assassination is basically the modern three hitman games all put into one now because got you that's that's what the game is. So seeing but seeing it brought back still like after 7 years. It's still like it's, holy still holy they
2: remembered. It's it honestly I feel like it would be getting brand new content for Skyrim now. <laughs> it, 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 i would say it's comparable to something like that and dear god if we get more skyrim shit i'm gonna lose my mind no, i
1: mean to, to be fair we was it like last year that that new special edition came out where i'm like, not
2: talking about that i'm talking about like if we got something like hearthfire or Dragonborn. oh like or something any, like oh, okay gotcha any gotcha of the actual like additive dlcs it, like getting something like that now but like also yeah, I think we got a special edition like last year on the Switch or something. Yeah, <laughs> added fishing. It, it's, oh my god. I cannot tell you how many times I've bought Skyrim. It's embarrassing. I think that anybody who's played Skyrim, though, has probably bought Skyrim multiple times.
1: It's it's Sky, Skyrim has been purchased multiple times and GTA five has been purchased multiple yeah. times. <laughs> I
2: think that they're purchased multiple times for different reasons. But <laughs> yeah, no, I had I had this one friend who was like, oh, like I got my account banned for hacking in GTA because like I just like genuinely I just don't want to do the grind and I can't I can't blame him for that. But like he's like I'm gonna do it again and I'm gonna cheat again. I'm like what what is wrong with you? Like why would you pay sixty dollars to cheat again and get banned?
1: Because (laughs) LaMau.
2: I mean that. Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Um, In some small delayment news, Alley Wake 2 has been delayed by 10 days. It's still going to be set for an October release, uh, but they're doing this to move it later into the month just because there's a lot of other cool things. As the developer said, October is a stacked month and we kind of want it to stand out on its own, so they're moving it 10 days later. Its new release date is October 27th.
2: Very interesting to say the least, because most times that there are delays, as I'm sure you know, it's mostly about dev time and playability of the game. So being able to push back a release date, as frustrating as it may be, um, always, in my opinion, is good for the franchise, just because like it might just give it that extra little bit of dev time that it needs. Even if it's just 10 days. 10 days is a lot. 10 days in dev time as uh, a software dev? Yeah, 10 days is a lot of time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In some, I guess, anime news, but, you know, based on uh, a very popular video game piece of media, Scott Pilgrim versus the world's new animated series got its first trailer and will be arriving on Netflix November 17th with the entirety
2: of the original cast. See, that to me, that's nuts. I'm excited for this. Oh, I'm, I'm also very excited because Scott Pilgrim is like, honestly, one of my, let me go back and just rewatch Scott Pilgrim. Exactly, it's, like, it's just such a good turn off your brain kind of movie at times, but it also, if you really do like Scott Pilgrim, I think it was pretty well done. So seeing that there's going to be an animated series with the original cast is honestly kind of really awesome. And done by Edgar Wright again. Like Edgar Wright is yes. oh, leading this. It's... There's yes. there's nothing scarier than getting like a different director or a different producer for something like this.
1: Yeah. So, very excited by that. Uh it's a very wholesome news. Stardew Valley is getting a co- a cookbook co-authored by Concerned Ape himself. It's set for a
2: April 2024 release. That sounds really fucking cool. I'm like I'm I'm always a fan of a good cookbook but like yeah no that sounds that sounds really really
1: cool i'm gonna get that and it'll be the second video game cookbook i own because i own the final fantasy 14 one
2: that's really cool
1: and one of my favorite parts about the final fantasy 14 one and it's a joke if you play the game uh basically they call hard content savages and there is a i think it's like a bread or a croissant savage Oh my
2: god! Wait, did you know that there's a Halo cookbook? Yes, I did. I think we covered I, it. I am it was like I about am to get so released. morbidly curious as to what a Halo cookbook—the game that is absolutely known for its delectable menu—has a cookbook. That's wild,
1: actually. It's very <laughs> wild. Uh, in some speedrun news: Baldur's Gate three speedruns. Th- they did it. They made sex
2: percent. Sex percent, dude. It's such a cool category, and I love seeing a speedrunning community come together under a game like Baldur's Gate. Um, I haven't gotten the chance to play Baldur's Gate because I know if I do, uh, my life will be forfeit and I will st- <laughs> I will stop streaming and just play Baldur's Gate anytime I'm not working or eating um forget sleeping i'm just playing boulder's gate um no it looks really good and seeing a speedrunning community come to get come together to make some silly little speed run uh is always really really cool
1: yes absolutely it's uh fun fact about six percent speed runs did you know that sonic has one which sonic game has a six percent speed run sonic the he- sonic
2: adventure battle sonic adventure 2 battle I need to see this because that is genuinely my favorite Sonic game of all time. Because the Chow Garden is goaded. but like, huh? So uh, obviously,
1: you know that Chows can breed, right? Yes. Oh my God! Stop. So, it's while it's not an official extension, a few speedrunners in the community um specific i think one of our guests that we had on liam dunn who speed runs who's like the world record holder in chow percent of the game uh he we talked about sex percent about that it's just how fast can you get your chows to breed it's, it's it's funny it's just funny as fuck because i'm they can call Sex percent in sonic
2: i'm very surprised that there is not a pokemon sex percent speedrun. <laughs> we gotta like, make it happen i mean it, doing it in something like where Ditto is available relatively early game, like uh, something like crystal or just gen two in general, whether it's that or the remakes Ditto is available before the third gym. It's not like, and like while you are able to get something that are incompatible egg groups, and I'm sure that there are, and there might be a closer daycare than the one. I mean, the only one I could
1: think of would be, be diamond and pearl and platinum because it's rel- you you need only two badges because it's on the way to your third badge. Oh,
2: that's right because Maylene is 3 not Fantina and Oh, dude i always think that fantina is the third gym leader in all in all games because i'm pretty sure that she is in um she's either three or four in platinum because yeah, it's she, a different I, order which yeah. i have no idea why they did that to me
1: yeah it, it's weird I, I, it's it's like it, it's roark Gardinia, and then i think it's still mayleen's the third but then it's Fantina's, like a mix-up between
2: fantina and crasher wake yeah it's
1: always yeah it's between it's those two they swap it's
2: it, it's Wild. so dumb. It's so. It's like, why would you change that one little detail? Like, thanks for the battle frontier, but. Uh, it's some Activision news
1: and it's uh, a doozy. So I, if you didn't know, Activision was recently going to have a legal case against Anthony Fantano because they sued him before he could sue them whole situation well they've now dropped that whole case against him all because it was all because of a meme that was used because they used audio from a meme that he did which was the enough slices meme uh if yeah. you seen it on tiktok yes, yes yeah there was gonna be a whole case against that they've now dropped it entirely and it's just like okay thanks for wasting everybody's time
2: yeah and i mean like i feel like large companies like that do that to either get something like very very big press um mainly, well i don't think that activision tries to get the press that it gets but um yeah see it seemed like that is nice for something it's nicer for somebody like uh anthony fantano um but it's still frustrating nonetheless because it's like oh we got all this build-up we're we're gonna have this huge proceeding and then it's like all right thanks for cucking us on that story
1: yep Uh, Three quick uh, headlines before I get into this big follow-up story from last week. First, Windows 11 has killed Cortana and introduced the brand new co-pilot system that they're using to replace her. South Park is getting a brand new game called Snow Day, which is like a four-player cooperative strategy-type game sort of thing. And Lollipop Chainsaw Repop, a brand new remake of Lollipop Chainsaw, is set for summer 2024. Really exciting to see that. Now, on to a big one a follow up story from last week. Uh, as we as I brought up last week at Gen Con, three hundred thousand dollars of cards were stolen in a heist. Well, the two suspects have been named. Well, two suspects have been named, it's not confirmed if they actually are them, but the two suspects are Andrew Pearson, uh, G, G-, G- God,
2: G, you G- 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 I think I would say Guillaume or Giume, Giume, maybe, Giume, because my yeah. last name also starts, also is very similar in the Italian hard pronunciation, and I can tell that that's what that is.
1: <laughs> and Thomas J Dunbar, these are the two suspects that have been named. The two were seen wearing their own card game merch and are the creators of the card game Castle Assault, which describes itself as a tower defense tactical strategy. Uh, it, they released new images. They were the thieves were wearing this merch, and it's like, oh shit
2: dude so, i just like how oh my god so i i'm not familiar with this story so i'm definitely going to do a bit more deeper reading maybe because one uh, a couple of my friends went to gen con uh and i'd be interested to talk to them about this but that's just yeah, a whole pallet so of cards cool. one
1: whole pallet of cards taken three hundred thousand dollars rough is roughly how much it was worth uh it's none of it was Lorcana because obviously and that's the really big thing is like well it was during setup of like a lot of the booths and tents and all that stuff mm-hmm. and while a lot more people were focused on the Lorcana side because this was going to be a big reveal for Lorcana. they, they took forget. advantage of
2: the non uh, the non-bait so yeah
1: which i wow. mean smart smart heist just yeah you know, like you can, like good planning i guess but good like planning but you forgot about the cameras <laughs>
2: Yeah. And especially if you are a creator of a card game, I feel like that just sends your card game into card game hell. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, like, like if, if you're a shitty creator of any kind of uh, content, whether it's a video game, whether it's a card game, anything. Um, I think that if you do something stupid enough like that, that kind of kills any momentum that you have in your endeavor. Uh, moving on to some
1: live service game news. Starting off in Final Fantasy 14, we've been talking about it ever since the release. Dawn Trail was announced for summer 2024. 7.0, the brand new expansion, level 100, two new DPS classes, a huge graphics overhaul. All that coming next year. 6.5 is on the horizon uh for probably october because they announced the brand new moogle Tombstone event coming out august 27th until the release of patch 6.5 and also the rising event will also be starting on august 27th until patch 6.5 as well the rising is just a brief story mission the reward is a cool mount it's phoenix uh phoenix rising specifically uh really cool looking mount. Uh two orchestrian Rolls as well that you can purchase afterwards. The Tomestone event. Uh it's a lot of Endwalker content that is gonna be you can play for the tomes. The Tyrannosaurus mount is gonna be a part of it. Uh the big reward is a fat is like a it's like a fat cat parasol, I believe. Uh so a lot of other gland pieces, a whole shit ton of mounts, all the Kamuis as well from Stormblood you can get through this event. So if you don't want to grind Biako or uh, Suzaku or any of those, you don't have to anymore. And also come 6.5, we are getting that Fall Guys collaboration with Final Fantasy 14 both ways. So skins are coming to Fall Guys and Fall Guys is coming to Final Fantasy 14. That's
2: so insane to me. So I my history of Final Fantasy 14 is brief, but Let me see how many hours real quick, because I think it was like, oh, yeah, it it was a brief uh, month of 117 hours. Um, (laughs) So that's like, what, 30 hour weeks playing Final Fantasy, which sounds about right. Was Um, it a
1: free trial or did you? Yes, I think
2: I maybe bought a month, um, but it was it's one of those things where I love a good MMO um, and especially a good MMO with a good crafting system. Um, mainly because I, I'm I'm the blacksmith. I always want to make shit in MMOs for all my friends. I want you to use my weapons, my armor, etc., etc. Um, I have not played Final Fantasy XIV since 2021 in the summer. And Tony, you're making me want to play again, and I'm going to need you to not. Dude, um, no. you but should, all the, though. All this stuff <laughs> does sound really, really cool, um, especially, what was it? Uh, oh, I was going to say because I'm honestly not too familiar, is uh, running two events at the same time a common thing for Final Fantasy? Because that just seems kind of odd for me that you're going to have two so events big, dropping on the exact same day.
1: So the big reason, the Moogle Tombstone it always happens right before uh, the new patch. Okay. So that always happens. The rising, the reason it's happening around the same time is because it's 10 years of Final Fantasy XIV. Oh,
2: oh, wow. Wow, I really got to that train late, didn't I? <laughs> no, um, I, I wait, mean you no.
1: do it sooner than I did. I only got into it last year, but I've been oh, playing okay. it consistently. Like I've, I've probably have like over a thousand hours in the game now. Like yeah, it is that, my it is my most played game
2: of all. Time. That that is me with Master Duel. But my most played game of all time is actually a fun. You actually might know about this game. Might be on your radar. uh A game called Elite Dangerous.
1: Oh, I know of Elite
2: Dangerous. I had, a I, fr- I had a friend who was obsessed with Elite Dangerous. Okay, I have almost 1600 hours in <laughs> Elite Dangerous. Dude, it's like, I haven't played in uh, a couple of months because like, it's it's one of those games I go through phases of. Um, but my God, no, the first month that I had it, I was in college and I no-lifed it and I dumped 300 hours in a month. And it, it was like, actually concerning because i was just i was always on elite it was it was my it was my home away from home i could get away in elite because i love a good space sim especially one uh where there's a lot of exploration and i'm pretty sure that there's in the almost oh god almost 10 years that elite has been out um we've only explored like maybe 15 percent of the entire game which is if you don't know it's essentially one to one mapped with uh the milky way galaxy yeah. so there's like 4 billion stars to explore and all stars are at least a star but a good number of them have systems and have planetoids around them that you can look at and scan um but yeah no that's 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 my most no life game and it's uh, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> jeez yeah
1: no i i I had i just looked i'm like i have three i had 300 i have 344 hours in master duel and i have 344 well i i i don't think i actually have told you this officially like i stopped playing master duel about
2: a couple months ago now oh so you you stopped playing when tier limits dropped I think it was like right before. Tier <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't blame you. That meta was absolutely awful, especially for the first WCS that they were going to do, but we'll get to that.
1: A yes, bit later. we will be getting that a bit later. Uh, in Hoyoverse
2: news, if you're a Genshin Impact fan,
1: 4.0 is out right now. So you can go visit Fontaine, go collect things, pull for new characters and all that fun stuff. And if you're a Honkai Star Rail fan, like I am 1.3, the preview for it, uh, celestial eyes above mortal ruins, Uh, had its 40-minute showcase. Uh, The new five stars coming to it are Fuxuan and Ambibitor Lune, which is Don Hung, just in his dragon form. And the new four star is Lynx Lando, the younger sibling to Serval and Japard. The new light cones are brighter than the sun for Don Hung, and she already shut her eyes for Fuxuan. The simulated universe is getting a huge new update called the Swarm Disaster, where you basically get to, they're introducing this whole new special dice for buffs and other things, and you basically go through this and you'll be fighting new bug enemies as you get to, like, re-witness the history of the Aeon of Propagation's downfall. Super cool looking, and when you beat it all, you'll unlock the path of propagation for normal uh, simulated universe runs. There's going to be four brand new companion missions, one brand new story mission, uh, but it's going to be like a long story mission like how the last one was. A new area called Orem Alley, and there's going to be new events, uh, like four or five. Orem Alley's Hustle and Bustle Space Station Task Force uh, and the return of the Plater Fisher and Garden of Plenty. There's going to be a new feature they're introducing for phone wallpapers. Two new Stagnant Shadows uh, with new materials for both Abibidor Lune and uh, Fuxuan. And the max Trailblaze power will be raised from 180 to 240. And that's uh, everything that's going to be coming into 1.3, which we don't have a set release date for yet.
2: Now, I can tell you, um, I have never really gotten into gacha games. But I will say, from my friends that have been playing Honkai, they're very, very excited for this update.
1: Yes. Uh this past update we got Kafka, so all of the people with mommy issues got to pull for mommy <laughs> uh, and now we get to pull for uh hot boy k-pop star so I mean that sounds about right <laughs> yeah yeah no people are, I, I i like genuinely like this I think this update will be wrapping i i think this update will be wrapping up if not close to wrapping up the uh the lofu story uh so you plan it soon, possibly. Uh, And of course, in Destiny 2 news, The Final Shape, that releases next week on August 22nd. And uh, the developer, of one of the lead developers of Destiny 2 came out and said that they're doing some massive uh, PvP overhauls with it as well and giving the players some, some new rewards and all that stuff too. So... I, I have a friend, my Destiny insider Jackson. He's called that for a reason. He has like over three thousand hours in Destiny 2.
2: Ah, Just okay. Anytime you get past like the thousand mark, it's like okay, you've know life the game a little bit. But three thousand hours is like close to one of my friends' Dota careers, and I'm just like, that's wild to me. Yeah,
1: it's uh it's it's the one he he hates it, but he loves it.
2: Yeah, so I have a, a good friend, I, I don't know if you're familiar, Fangs, who plays a lot of D2, she's a VTuber, Okay. Um, and all, all I see on her Twitter, 90% of the time, is complaining about D2 builds and damage ratios, and I'm just like, man... I have no idea what any of this means, but that looks like it sucks. So it's it sounds like it's good that they're getting a PvP overhaul or PVE. What I don't re- recall. What PVP
1: you said. main game is PVE. PVP is the one that's had so many issues in the past. Gotcha. Uh, in the T world of TCG news with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, one fifty one releases September twenty second. I believe you could pre order that stuff uh, now if you wish to. And Paradox Rift, the next mainline set, November third is when that releases. In Yu-Gi-Oh! with the master duel updates. Starting off, we have a brand new versus event happening: Dark versus Light. This is going until the 29th of this month. Uh, which is basically from what I read, you pick one side of either dark or light, and then you're given those specific deck rules, uh, and then you duel. And it's basically whichever side wins, wins. Uh, which looks kind of it's kind of a cool concept. I'll say I've, as an I outsider say,
2: now. Uh, I've been a very, very large fan when it comes to Master Duel of the events that they've been running. Um, because for me, for the longest time, it's not the case now, but uh, whenever I started playing Master Duel, um, I, my closest locals was like three hours away. So this was like the definitive way for me to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, because like, <laughs> Duel Links is great and all, but like, Duel Links is Duel Links. Um, it's it's not quite the full game. So uh, I will say I've been playing a little bit of the dark and light event. And uh, in case you didn't know, you can actually switch between the teams if you wanted to switch and be like, oh, I want to play my light deck today or I want to play my dark deck. But it looks like, let me go to it. I think if whoever, what team whatever team you end on that wins, um, you do get a, a list of rewards. Oh no, it is just the base reward system that they've had. Uh, not like the, the most recent event uh when it came to which team's gonna win with wcs oh okay cool but yeah no this looks very interesting i can tell you uh i have not built my dark deck because apparently i just don't have a plain dark deck built i don't know <laughs> why you would think that it's like oh yeah you have dark magicians sitting in the back somewhere no i just don't have it built and i'm like okay i guess i'll run light so uh personally for this light event i've been running galaxy eyes and it's been running pretty well nice i i had a galaxy eyes deck
1: i loved using galaxy eyes uh, we also have a special version of uh, Space Time Transcendence, that secret pack that you can pull for the alt art IP Mascarena. Uh, and this is because of the 57.3 million download celebration that they're having. And the new selection pack, Rage of Chaos, is also out now as well. In the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, Speed Duel Streets of Battle City The Box Set releases next week on the 24th. The 25th Anniversary 10 Dueling Heroes releases on September 8th. The Crimson King Structured Deck on September 21st. And Age of Overlord on October 20th.
2: Those all... Okay, so let's, let's break those down. I have not looked into, this, into the Streets of Battle City box, but I have heard about it, and it sounds very, very interesting. I have already pre-ordered my uh, 25th Anniversary Tins. Um... Crimson uh King structure deck sounds really insane. I'm really, red really uh, Red Dragon Archfiend, Jack Atlas. Yes. Oh, dude, the King. I love dude, I love Jack Atlas. I it's it's anyway. Uh really glad we're getting uh another Red Dragon Archfiend structure deck. Uh Age of Overlord, I believe, is is it another set or is it a structure deck? I think it's, it's a, a set. set. It's a set. Yeah. Um, I have not looked into that set too much. I usually tend to stay in the Master Duel Sphere and I catch TCG stuff as it comes out. Uh, But one thing that I did just hear today, um, we're getting more Dark Lords in December. Oh, so it sounds like I was watching, I think, an MBT short on it. Um, It sounds like Dark Lords is getting a retrain. So Dark Lords is good again. So real excited for that shit uh (laughs) dark lords uh in in case anybody doesn't know has been uh one of the pop-up decks over the past decade that occasionally it comes into relevance and then it leaves it probably just as quickly um but whenever it does come up it is a pain to deal with to say the least
1: okay good to know Uh, in the world of Magic the Gathering, Wilds of Eldraine releases September 8th, the Doctor Who Commander decks release October 13th, and the Lost Caverns of Ixalan release sometime in November, no specific date yet. And also, uh, as we talked to last week, they announced some new universes beyond packs for the next two years, including the franchises of Fallout, Assassin's Creed, and Final Fantasy as... cards which when the final fantasy one's released I'm going to get a box.
2: Oh, I know you're get, I know you're immediately picking up a box. Um I surprisingly I never really got into magic. I did try it uh, back in high school for a bit, but it never really captured my attention, mainly because like, my brain's small and set rotation hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, having something like Yu-Gi-Oh!, where there's uh, no kind of set rotation, it's just a constant, I can play whatever cards whenever I want. That was the way to go for me. But I will say, the Doctor Who Commander decks sound very interesting. Very, very interesting.
1: Yes. A uh, b- lot of cards based off doctor who and they play in the form of the commander format so 100 cards each card aside from lands has to be unique in its own way no repeats uh in board game tabletop news starting off if you're a fan of hero quests they uh, announced their next expansion path of the wandering monk is set for early 2024 and as uh, disney Lorcana, it's available for purchase uh in select local card shops and the Times square disney store uh, uh-huh. right currently, it'll be worldwide release in like major retailers. I think like two or three weeks from now, I can't exactly I, remember when, but I, so I, I believe it's never, next month.
2: I can say honestly, I never thought we would get a Disney card game. Uh, that is not something that I ever thought, but it, I mean, it seems to be interesting and people uh, have the interest for it, so I'll be interested to see uh, where it comes out. Yes. And that's it for uh, the
1: week in review. That covers everything that this past week had to offer. Now it's time to look to the week ahead. Here's what should be on your radar from August 21st to 27th.
0: From upcoming AAA titles, promising indies, and the random shovelware, here's what should be on your radar.
1: Uh, No releases on Monday, but on Tuesday, Smurf's card releases for both Xbox and PlayStation systems. WrestleQuest comes out for everything, and Immortals of Avion releases for the PC, PS5, and Series X. No Wednesday releases. Thursday, we get Blasphemous 2 for the PS5, Series X, and PC. Unpacking comes to mobile devices, iOS and Android. And uh, Toplan Arcade Shoot'em Up Collection Volume 2 comes to the PC. And on Friday, the big release of the week, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, releases on everything except the Switch. And clearly, the standout game this week is Smurfs Cart. Yes, it is! Oh,
2: my God, dude. I kind of want to get an Xbox or a PlayStation just to play Smurfs Cart. I, this game was not on my radar, actually, but it is now. That sounds... So for any time that we have a cart esque game, it's always really interesting what they to to see what they do with it. Like uh, the Nickelodeon one. I can't remember the name off the top of my head that released relatively recently. Um, Oh oh yeah. The Nickelodeon cart racer. Yes. 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 Uh, like seeing those kinds of games that have a Mario Kart esque style, but still have their own independent kind of feel to them, is always really fun to see. And ha- dude, I dude, I want to race his Papa Smurf. What can I, I say? I, I
1: do want to correct myself. Smurf. I just looked it up on Steam. Smurf's Kart is coming to Steam as well on the twenty second. Oh, I'm
2: playing Smurf's Kart later. <laughs> I'm playing Smurf's Kart on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> and of course, the other big release uh, uh, from from Soft, Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. I, people i mean there's the there's the group of people who are excited for it and then there's the people who are it, it's a mech game it's so it's very much got a niche a much more niche
2: audience compared to a lot of uh, a lot of other things from FromSoft. i mean i would say from what i do know about it because it uh yeah it releases on august 25th um it's it's very very interesting because like i've never really been into games like this but the concept of it seems very interesting
1: i just can't wait to play the other 20 entries in the series before this (laughs) one, because armored core has been going on for a lot longer than people think yeah uh well that those are the games coming out next week it's time for us to now dive into our main focus and talk about what we're talking about this week in the game lounge
0: Covering anything from modern and retro games to the hard hitting questions that define the gaming world, here's what's going down this week in the game lounge.
2: Uh, the, th- the thing that I've been waiting for that we've been alluding to, huh? Yes. Yu Gi Oh! Yu Gi Oh, baby! It's
1: the Yu Gi It's
2: the Yu Gi Mines!
1: Hey, Yu! I that, gotta that play do what it me. do, Yu Gi! I do, I do what it do! I play Pot of Greed to s- s- draw three cards. I play Pot of Greed. I summon Pot of Greed
2: to draw three more cards. That's not how you play the card. Roll my dice. <laughs> Dude, that's that's probably one of my favorite memes. Uh, one of oh, my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh memes of recent memory. It, it, it really
1: is. Uh, so to kick it off, what what got you into the into Yu-Gi-Oh, Gar?
2: Surprisingly, I was never really a card game player until about tr- like a serious card game player until about 2019. um as a kid, I I just liked pretty art. I like to collect and I like to have like physical things that I could look at and be like, this is really cool to look at. I like this. And I still do that with my cards. I have some on my desk. I have Gem Knights quite literally sitting on my desk. Um But the thing that really got me into the card game was I went out to Seattle for an internship in 2019 and I initially didn't bring my PC with me because I would have had to bring my tower quite literally across the country because I live on the East Coast. Um, So it was just a massive overhaul, either trying to ship my PC or bring it in my luggage, um, which I ended up doing like three weeks later when I flew back from my sister's high school graduation, <laughs> then flew back. I probably PC in <laughs> my suitcase. Um, no, but what got me back into the game was for that three or four week period before that, uh, I found a local card shop around me. I was like, I'm going to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh this summer. I'm going to see, like, I've been, I'm a big, big fan of the anime, uh, loved GX, loved five D's like most everybody else. And then I didn't watch Zexel or anything afterwards. Um, until recently, I I could talk about Arc Five for hours, dude. Arc Five is so good. I could, I could talk about Arc Five for hours. It's just it's it's so underrated. It really uh, be, is because, in my opinion, Zexel was rough to get through, especially if you were a dub fan. Um, but I went back l- earlier this year and watched all of Arc Five subbed, and holy goodness. It, it's it's a good one it, if you haven't watched it sub tony i highly highly recommend
1: it. i watched it dubbed and i have seen a lot of clips of it subbed and like i mean i like the dub the dub was actually really well done
2: i, I would joke. i would agree with that <laughs> except for that one boy right at the end good old zark hey what are yeah. you doing yeah he just it's he like screeches and i'm like that's a very interesting voice choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, Zark was interesting, and of course, uh, what was it—the
2: sledge—the the sledgehammer at the yes. very start. Oh my! The very beginning, dude. He was just such a weird, weird character. But I mean, I guess he kicked it off. He kicked off everything else after that. So, what can I say?
1: Took one for the team. 07 is in the chat for sledgehammer. <laughs> Because we don't know. He could have been turned into a card for all we know. The, like We see nothing of the Sledgehammer after the first two episodes. I mean,
2: it's never confirmed that he didn't get turned into a card. So what can I say? I guess he might just be a card.
1: <laughs> Eternally a card. Sledgehammer. If you, hey, if you own the Sledgehammer card, feel free to let us know. Yes, please, uh, please
2: <laughs> sign it and send it to me. I would, I would love <laughs> to have the Sledgehammer card.
1: <laughs> oh goodness yes oh my god uh but yeah you had a local card shop uh as yeah you yeah
2: sorry uh we i guess we did get a bit away of it uh, i had a local card shop and i actually sat down and learned how to play it because i had been a fan of duel links for a small period before that i was like it's good to like actually like play Oh, kind of like they did in the anime where it's relatively simple um but in that time i got really really attached to gem knights uh and whenever I went out there, I was like, I'm going to build Gem Knights and run it. And then I got my ass kicked, as I probably would. Um, <laughs> because that was 2019 at the peak of Link before, like right after uh, the most recent Master Rule came out. Uh, that kind of set the tone of like, okay, let's let's tone down Links a little bit. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what really got me back into it. And then, of course, uh, Master Duel. Uh, coming out in 2022? Yes, 2022 yes 2022 2022 um as like it was like the right at the, that, right, like mid-january i think it's when yeah. it released so at that point in time i was working uh i was actually working at walmart uh and i've been playing dual links on my like on my breaks i had master duel was not even on my radar and then it just dropped and i'm like huh what's this and i installed it on my phone and i did the tutorials and i'm like oh, this is cross-platform, cross-progression? Maybe I'll try this on Steam. And then I was hooked. And I really, really fell back into it hard, especially because in Master Duel, this is still the case, by the way, Gem Knight FTK is legal. The FTK that was banned in like 2014, maybe even earlier, I don't know. But uh, that first turn kill deck was nerfed hard after it came out. But it's still legal to this day in Master Duel. So, occasionally, I'll I'll just run it and be like, all right, I'm going to play Gem Knight FTK today. (laughs) Feeling a little saucy, might first turn kill someone. Just get a couple of W's under my belt to start off (laughs) right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, for me, so I was, so my return to Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, I, I collected some of the cards growing up. Um, just because I liked watching the anime, the original and GX, I didn't get to watch much of 5Ds because, uh, being Canadian, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! aired on YTV with the original and GX, but then 5Ds, uh, didn't get the licensing for, YTV couldn't get the the licensing to air it there, so it was only aired on 4Kids, uh, on Saturday mornings. So I I caught a few episodes of Five Ds and I'm like oh cool synchro seems cool they're white cards and then
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that basically
1: was Five Ds in a nutshell yeah um and then around the time of high school was when like like Zexal had happened and then when I was in high school I got back into Yu Gi Oh because I had a lot of friends who were like who played it as well so I brought my cards made some real shit decks like <laughs> just with what i had because i didn't have much i had like like the cards i remember i had i had Drillroid.
2: i had relinquished you just brought me you unlocked the core memory of like my middle school deck which was like the yugioh 5d's you say structure deck and like six other cards yeah it wasn't even like it, it, was, it was like wasn't i even put change of heart that. which was banned monster reborn uh pot of greed which was banned i just i read a lot of banned cards what can i say i wanted to win <laughs> yeah but i brought the cards to high school in my high
1: school card games were not allowed they were like banned from- what? but our science teacher which my 11th grade science teacher loved her to death she was a good teacher she taught us what we needed to teach what she needed to teach but it was basically small lecture. Uh, do the assignment, and then we had this like long table, and me and the boys after because we, we would work together, you we were allowed to work together on these like paper assignments. So we work together, help each other out with it, and pull out the cards, and she she didn't care. Uh and we would play Yu-Gi-Oh! and we essentially revived the Yu-Gi-Oh! scene at our school and had like a kind of I guess an underground Yu-Gi-Oh that's, scene at high school. That's
2: so fucking stupid, but so
1: fucking cool yeah oh, and, like, uh, ugh, that, i can't that's, imagine that's what started it and then uh it was like I'm right sorry, around get the worse t- so no it was like right around the time as like pendulums were about to come out as well oh, but then okay. we graduated high school and i fall out of it i go to college and I go back and fall back into it. It's like, oh, Pendulums Arc 5 is like ongoing
2: right now. And I get back into it and I actually and right built... when Pendulums were actually broken? Yeah. Because you, you had the two side zones and your five spell traps? Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I
1: Everybody's get back into favorite it. favorite format. <laughs> yeah, I get back into it and I actually build my first proper deck, Cyber Dragon because uh, i loved like one of my favorite characters back in gx was zane and it was strictly because of his use of cyber dragons and i'm like they're so Tony, cool I, kn- I knew you had a red flag and it's that you play cyber dragons <laughs> it was a shit cyber dragon deck uh and because it, it didn't have any of the xyz cards yet like i or, or if i did i think it was just just coming no, out yeah just nova i think i had i don't think i had infinity
2: infinity yeah
1: uh, but i played it for a bit and then i got into like serious card collecting and then i bought like a pack of like like this guy part of like the geek club at my college so i think for like a hundred bucks he i bought like 1500 cards off of him
2: god damn
1: and that's i'm like okay wow. and that, that's basically my Oh card collection i made like a couple decks out of that they're decent they're not great but they're decent Like, if I was to take them to, like, anything tournament legal, I would not. It would not go well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, graduate from college, and I don't really do much with Yu-Gi-Oh! Until last year, when I'm doing prep for my podcast, and I see Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel uh, comes out that week. I'm like, wait, new Yu-Gi-Oh! game. Because I played the Yu-Gi-Oh! games. Like, I played Legacy of the Duelist. I even, and the two games that were on the Xbox 360 that were Yu-Gi-Oh! One was, like, a 5Ds tournament game, and the other one was, like, I guess you could say, like, a beta of what Legacy of the Duelist became, which was, like, you could duel the characters from the first four series of mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's GX right. Zexal. Uh, except there was it was just duels, no uh, story alongside of it. Oh, yeah.
2: That's, yeah, interesting to say Yeah, I can't uh,
1: remember what it's called for the life of me, but those were like I, those two games helped me get into Legacy of the Duelist and then Link Evolution as well when that came out. And I played the heck out of those uh, in my spare time. I was like, oh, let's do some duels. And then, hey, everybody, it's Tony from the future. I'm here with actually a fact check. Uh, Because, you know, went to Google it afterwards. So the two games that were on the Xbox 360, it was Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's Decade Duels Plus. This was just the 5D's game. And then I I learned about this through Rage Quit, that old Rooster Teeth series. And the other one that was uh, before Legacy of the Duelist, it was Yu-Gi-Oh! Millennium Duels, which came out in 2014. So there you go. Those were the games.
2: I occasionally go back to them actually like whenever I want to play Yu-Gi-Oh but I'm pissed at Master Duel I'll just open the Legacy of the Duelist and do a couple of the story missions and just keep keep continuing through it.
1: Yeah Uh, and then Master Duel came out and I got all my friends into it and we made like four YouTube videos on my boy Submetal Fellow's channel that are just pure chaos Uh, and it's great it was a great fun dumb time.
2: I mean that was the the epitome of early Master Duel was how how much dumb bullshit can we get away with now that we're uh, that we don't have the TCG ban list yeah because because it, like I said Gem FTK something that's currently banned in the TCG and the OCG is legal in Master Duel so yeah very interesting mm-hmm. so favorite what's your favorite deck and archetype uh if if I'm just gonna give you like blunt answer gun to my head is going to be Gem Knight. It's it's the deck that got me back into Yu-Gi-Oh! And it was one of the first decks that I made uh, whenever I got into Master Duel. And fun fact, I was not a good duelist until probably about April of last year. Um, I really didn't know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! that well. I didn't understand interruptions. I didn't understand chaining. um, I didn't understand the toggle button in Master Duel, which is very helpful now. Um, in case you don't know, uh the toggle button will allow you to basically activate card effects whenever they are able to be activated, not based on what Master Duel thinks you should be activating. Yes. Um, but I didn't get really good until about April because I was like I was like I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to figure out this deck and I see that Lazuli can do burn damage and that I can run her at 3 and that Master Diamond can take the effect. So I was like, well I can do double burn damage and that's kind of cool. Uh, and basically, long story short, my brain put together Gem Knight FTK by itself. Like <laughs> I, I had, no, I had no idea that Gem Knight FTK existed because I wasn't into the Yu-Gi-Oh scene at that time. It's like um, it's
1: like that meme of uh, what's his, of Dead Mouse finding playing around and finding Derude Sandstorm on his phone. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh my God. Like literally it's like my brain put together a strategy that would actually work because I liked the archetype enough and it did have that support. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty floored whenever I figured it out and pretty tanked when I figured out it was already a thing that was banned.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I think I even like built uh, a gym knight FTK after like I first found you and learned of its powerful it's, potential
2: it it definitely got me through uh the first like handful of seasons uh after i figured out i think like season four on and we're in what 20 now
1: god yeah it's like season, yeah. it's like a season a month
2: yeah season so, is a month yeah. um but it, it got me through until probably about november because i got out of it at one point during the summer but i got back into it uh because i wanted like i've been watching i was like the, i had the interest in arc five again i was like maybe i'll watch this and i'll go through uh, and make some decks uh which led me building ddd uh which i still play yeah um, i love d i love ddd as well it's a, it's a fun one uh but when i really really got into master duel i found one of the archetypes that i like the best uh bro i love math mech. are you kidding me that, that deck is absolutely insane. And like, don't get me wrong, it's hard to compete with decks like Kash Tira and decks like Tier Lament and Sprite. Uh, but math can hold its own uh, relatively well in Master Duel. It, it's not going to get you up to Diamond Master rank, uh, but it, it'll get you through up to a good bit of plat. Um, And it's definitely a fun deck to play because it has enough interruptions to be fun, but not too many interruptions to the point where it's really fucking frustrating to play against, Uh, like Tier Limit, because I want to play cards on my own turn, not you to play cards on my turn.
1: Yeah, I remember when the big issue was uh, birds.
2: Oh, I hate flu so much. I still hate flu. I don't know how to beat flu. I don't understand it and I've refused to learn it because I'm stubborn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I don't like flu laundries at all. <laughs> yeah, that
1: that was like one of the big like when that one and the other one that it, alongside it like adventure I think was the, the, what yes, came along. adventure. Those two I it was just when they came out and I was just doing cuz I was just running my hero deck still and which is my favorite archetype it's
2: heroes i love fucking heroes i don't blame you heroes is absolutely goaded and continuously gets support
1: but it's just like i just can't and i'm like i don't want to succumb to the meta and it, it was just i think it was me, part of me being stubborn and i'm just like okay i think i just can't do it anymore
2: yeah i i think that's kind of the point that i got to as well because i was like i i want to have fun with master duel which can be very hard and very frustrating but I also want to be good. Um, and that was seeing that the WCS was in Japan, especially when they announced that Master Duel was, was getting its own series in the WCS for the first time. Um, I was like, I kind of want to get good at the game. I want to understand this game and I want to be more than half decent at it. I want to be above average at it and I want to understand it. Um so I started looking into some decks and I couldn't really find anyone that I liked and then I stumbled upon Mathmec and that's what got me into competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. That's what led me to uh decks like the ones that I'm going to name now. Um this one is not on anybody's radar. Uh somebody in my Discord made it actually and sent it to me uh for a TCG like bringing it to locals. And I was like that's a very interesting concept because I need to tweak it a little bit because there's some cards that aren't in yet. Um, but I'm running DDD Sprite. Which oh, is that's interesting. So weird. I'll send you the deck list later. It actually flows relatively well, but like it got me into decks like Sprite. It got me into Bistial. Uh, it got me the big one that really got me into like really competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! was around the time Tier Limit dropped in Master Duel because it had been something that everybody had been fearing was going to happen. When did I get rid of that Super Poly? I need to make another one um <laughs> sorry i'm going through my decks now um but tier limit really really made master duel a mirror match which was both a blessing and a curse because i could see what i was going to be doing and i knew what i was going to be going against but being able to play it and having them play against each other so well in a mirror so that you can understand the interruptions you can understand where am i supposed to drop this medora when should i be using sheer and when should i be using uh rhino heart like what what are these actual combos that i'm learning rather than just hitting yes yeah tier Limit definitely broke the meta for the wcs qualifiers which was very frustrating but it definitely helped me get understand master Duel a lot more
1: cool that's actually very cool to kind of to, to hear that how would you say the modern state of Yu-Gi-Oh! is, both on the TCG side and with the Master Duel side? And should there be a bit more of a crossover of the ban lists for both formats?
2: See, I'm going to be uh, the red herring in this situation. Uh, I like the fact that we have two completely separate and distinct formats uh, vers- with the TCG, the OCG, and now Master Duel. Um, because Duel Links technically does have its own ban list, but like we've talked about, it's not quite the same. It's yeah, Duel Links very much follows five, the Rush Duel format. Which is something that we can definitely talk about, which I am very much into. I think it's really cool. But uh, when it comes to something like the ban list, I've, I've seen... Okay, if you want to play the TCG, go play the TCG. And if you want to play the TCG online, go play on Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega, where there's all free cards, like there's no kind of pack purchasing system. Uh, Everything is free, you can just build decks. It is quite literally just a Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG online simulator. If that's what you want, that's what you should play it on people uh comparing the TCG to Master Duel saying, well I don't like this because it's not the same as the TCG. That's fine. That's okay. I like this little encapsulated format that we have in Master Duel uh where we're like 6 to 9 months behind the release because there are things in Master Duel that you can't do in the TCG, like I've previously mentioned a couple times in this podcast. Um so seeing being able to work with that uh and take that and make it into its own format for online. I think is really really cool. That being said, <laughs> that being said, the current Master Duel meta is definitely very challenging. It's definitely a big learning curve if you're like me and don't play the TCG and mainly just play Master Duel. Cash um, Tira is definitely an obstacle. Um, it's one that can be overcome, but it definitely broke the TCG whenever it dropped. And it's definitely breaking Master Duel a little bit. It's a lot like the tier limit format where in, it, like, it's a lot of mirror matches. You're constantly seeing Kashitira Fenrir um, come out, whether it's in a sprite deck, whether it's in a bestial deck, whether it's in any kind of deck, because Kashitira can just play so well in many, many different decks. I think that the power creep in Yu-Gi-Oh! in general has been really really like moving over the past couple of years it's really getting up there because you have cards that when you look at cards like uh geomath final sigma uh the one where it's when it's in the emz uh you can't be affected by monster effects like and whenever it attacks something in the emz it doubles its uh it doubles the damage like cards like that when i was a kid weren't even fathomable like those were like your super omega boss monsters and now they're commonplace.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think that. It's crazy to think back in the day we would go into a movie theater and get Blue-Eyes Shining Dragon and we couldn't use it for like another two months.
2: And, and that's, what, that's exactly what I'm yet. talking about. It's just like the, the usability of cards in the TCG specifically for me uh, has always been kind of weird because it almost felt like things weren't around long enough. Like back in the day, it was heroes. And heroes have always been around since they came out because they have a bajillion different types of support. Uh, Same thing with Blue Eyes, any of the main protag decks, honestly. Um, So it's it's really, yeah, it's hard for me to want to like be in the TCG and spending physical money on cards that can deteriorate over time, especially when at the time, like I said, my closest locals was three hours away. So, like, for me, it just wasn't feasible. So, having something like Master Duel with the pack system, I have no shame dumping $70 into Master Duel when I know that's how much a booster box costs for the max amount of gems that they let you purchase in a pack to get, like, bundle. Um, I have no shame in doing that because I know that this is going to be the definitive way for me to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, in, the, in, honestly, probably the long-term future. Uh, just because I can break down and regenerate those cards as much as I want. It's not like, oh, I have to take out my IP from this deck and put it into this deck. Um, so yeah.
1: Um, what are your thoughts on the Rush Duel format?
2: I think I'm really sad that it seems like Rush Duel is dead. And it really does feel like it. We really never got it super localized over he- over here in the US. It seemed like it was just a format in Japan, and I think that one uh online Oh rush duel mobile game that never really took off i don't remember anyway rush duel format seems very very cool it's i have not watched uh the anime that it goes with sevens yes it seems like a very cool format and a different way to bring people into uh Oh as a whole because I feel like a lot of people's interest uh, in Duel Links whenever it came out was like, oh, I can play Yu Gi Oh! online. That's really cool, but it's slightly different. Um, and I think that you can convert a lot of those players into TCG, OCG if you're over in Japan, uh, or Master Duel now.
1: I actually had to Google I'm like, it was Sevens, right? Yeah, it's Sevens, and also the, the follow up Go Rush. I'm like, what was it yes. called? Yeah, Go Rush. It's a dumb name. I'm sorry. I have a, so I have a, a, a it's kind of a, a deep cut because it was short-lived, it no longer exists.
2: Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross. No, Cross wait, Duel. this is what I was talking about. This is the mobile game or the game that never really, like, hit at all. Because I, did it ever actually get localized over here? Yes,
1: because I remember I, pl- I I downloaded the app. I, I played it. It was interesting to say the least. I would say you
2: could call it Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross but I wouldn't really call it Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel. It, 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 was, it was very different, uh, and I felt like people went with, in with the expectation of like, oh, this is going to be awesome, this is going to be just a different form of Yu-Gi-Oh!, a different kind of thing, and it's it's just so drastically different that it turned a lot of people off to it. It's really unfortunate, because I would have liked to explore it a little more. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Maybe we'll see it again. Maybe we'll see it rise up from the ashes sometime in the future with a whole new coat of paint and something. I mean,
2: hey, all I'm saying is we finally got Volcanic cards, so anything's possible.
1: Exactly. Uh, One last Yu-Gi-Oh question before we move to our second topic of the day. Uh, What new things would you like to see added to the game, either TCG or Master Duel format, and what would you like changed? Um
2: a lot of people will go on and just talk about, Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh's big problem is the power creep, which is not entirely inaccurate. Um, but it's also that people coming into the game now, like if, if you are a brand new fan or you liked uh, the OG series and you're now starting to get back into it now is a really awful time to get back into it. And actually, if you, especially if you want to do competitive um, because like I said, cash kind of just broke the game. Uh, For better or worse, mostly worse. Um, To the point where the Yu-Gi-Oh board or the Konami board of directors is like, hey, Yu-Gi-Oh kind of sucks now. What are we going to do about it? So if your board of directors is saying, and obviously that's pretty generalized, but if they're saying stuff like that, like how can we bring in new players? You really need to look at your game a bit closer and see how it's playing. I don't know if set rotation would work. I feel like, especially for somebody like me, it it would probably piss a lot of people off. Because it's like can i actually be playing this deck right now where uh, where it's been 25 years of i can play anything i want as long as it's off the ban list um things i want to see added dude i want more master duel events these things are actually kind of really fun um i wish they had slightly better rewards once you get past that certain point and you know exactly what i'm <laughs> I talking know exa- about i know
1: exactly that it's, it's like, like uh, what is it the uh, ten thousand point it's like yeah it's like the
2: 11 or 10 or eleven thousand point mark and it's like ah yes take these two card pack legacy packs have fun it's like this isn't even like an ots pack where it's like a tournament pack where it's like you get decent cards in it like they're they're just all legacy cards that you can't break down for material so at that point just give me the gems
1: (laughs) yeah yeah uh, I want to see five more summoning methods. Oh God, I can't even imagine.
2: <laughs> like it's just like, where do you go from here? It's in like terms you gotta, gotta like think.
1: After Go Rush is done, they're definitely gonna. I, they, ideally, they would probably go back to like a mass, like a the Master dual format of uh, of it. So they'll probably introduce. We're probably like next year or in the next two years, gonna see a new summoning method added to Yu Gi Oh
2: whether it's a new summoning method or whether it's a revisit to, because like, or, uh, or
1: they folk, they have the anime focus on ritual summons. Cause they never really had a focus never on that. We're never going <laughs> to talk about ritual summoning
2: unless it's chaos. Max dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would love to see, uh, rituals get a lot more support. Personally, I can honestly tell you, I'll send you the screenshot of this later. I was looking through my Master Duel data recently because if you didn't know, you can see all of your statistics. Like I can see my cumulative damage. Uh, my cumulative of effect damage is 2,304,000 life points. Huh. I played Gem Knight FTK a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of damage. But what it can do is it can tell you, oh, how many times have you done X summoning type? I have done zero Ritual rituals. Summon- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All these hours
1: and a single ritual summon. I mean, to be fair, that was me with special summoning because you know how like the game has its Steam achievements. The last achievement I got was twenty special summons.
2: Um, or, I'm like, believe-
1: tribute summons. It was tribute summons.
2: I don't have that one yet! I don't play tribute summon decks, and I want that achievement! It's been driving me nuts
1: for, like, a year! I just made, like, some, like, stupid, like, okay, i like, I'm half fours, marks. half fives, and I just oh, would just God. go and just pray that I would get some off.
2: <laughs> that, I mean, honestly, it doesn't sound like a bad idea.
1: That's all I did. That's what I did to get it. I'm like, I, I need to get this... Last fucking achievement is gonna drive me nuts. Uh, well, with that, is there anything else you want to add about
2: Yu Gi Oh before we dive into our second topic of the day? I think I'm good to dive into the second topic because if I get started on anything more Yu Gi Oh, we're gonna be here for a couple more hours, Tony. Alrighty. Let's be real. Let's dive in. We're talking Pokemon. What else were we gonna talk about? Let's feel like come on.
1: We were gonna talk about Beyblade and the history of spinning tops.
2: <laughs> okay, if we're talking Beyblade Metal Fusion, let's go, buddy! Yo, yo, Start okay. Regasist. Off topic.
1: Off topic. Metal anyway, Fusion oh, is what on. got me back into Beyblade. It's what it got everybody back into Beyblade. God, I collected so many of those. I think I had almost all of them. I think I was missing, like, three by the time I sold them, and it was Scorpio, El Drago, and... Oh, what was it? I don't
2: think I met anybody Ursa. that had an El Drago.
1: It was like those
2: three I was missing. Yeah, that's kind of nuts though. Anyway,
1: Pokemon. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. What got, so I? you answered it earlier, at, right at the top of the podcast of what got you into Pokemon. It was Crystal, I would take yes. it. Yeah. Is that so your all-time favorite Pokemon game though? 100%.
2: Uh, okay. Like I said, replayability is absolutely insane. I can actually give you the story behind uh, how it became my favorite game and why it was my first game. Uh, I have an older cousin uh, who was really, really big into a lot of the stuff that got me into. He was actually the one that got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. Um, but So he, whenever I was, I think it was my third birthday, uh, he, his old Game Boy had been scratched. It, like It was pretty scratched up on the shell. So he was like, I kind of want to get a new one. Uh, so he went and got a new Game Boy Advance SP and gave me his old silver one. And he gave me a copy of Crystal and the rest is history i i cannot tell you how many times uh on family road trips i was playing crystal and had the headphones in and would just loop through the pokedex to listen to the pokemon cries that's how much i loved that game
1: oh that triggered a key memory with me not with right not with crystal not with like platinum which was like my i would say my like main pokemon
2: but with the pokedex 3d on the 3ds oh dude i forgot that existed did you pay the dollar ninety nine for the premium version? I think I did.
1: Uh, I mean, oh wait, no, I I only ha- I only had the one that was just the black and white Pokedex. Oh 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 oh, I understand. Yeah. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah, because there was. I remember there was Pokedex 3D Pro.
2: As and well, and then
1: Pokedex 3D, and I'm just and then like the 3D. Yeah. You I was want the original one the where it's like you had to scan codes to like add oh Pokemon to that Pokedex. And I, I remember I was, like, hunting down one specific Pokemon. I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, I need it added. It's the only one I need. And I would scour the web for wh- wherever this code was. Oh, I remember that, though. Uh, but with me, my first Pokemon game, Pokemon Colosseum. Rented That's it. That's interesting. I rented it because uh, my I never had a Game Boy. Uh, my mm-hmm. first console was the GameCube. And we rented Pokemon Coliseum, and I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> it wouldn't be until I we got we purchased Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness that I would learn Pokemon. And I'm like, oh! And we even had like the like the Generation Three Pokedex book that had like how you get the Pokemon in, like Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby I, Sapphire, Emerald. Coliseum. I still have those books. I, I had that one, and we also I also had an original play guide for red and blue and that's i still have cool. that it's an absolute sh- terrible shape but i still oh, have yeah.
2: it i mean that's what my crystal guidebook looks like too and my emerald one is stored away so it doesn't get too bad yes. um but no my crystal guidebook was one of the, like i'm more than sure like your red and blue one was one of the paper paper guidebooks where it was oh my god they just got messed up so easily but the artwork in those books is insane yeah and so nostalgic it
1: really is and they're really it's really cool i even had like an old book that had all the like the all the images and art of every like tcg card like from like the first from the first and uh, safari expansion i i I used to have that one i don't think i had i think we sold that one um a while like a couple years ago now but i remember i used to have that uh, what about your least favorite mainline game?
2: Ah, uh, so I don't talk about this often. Actually, I got out of Pokemon for a bit, and I am a very, very avid Pokemon fan, and would consider myself such. Um, Sun and Moon almost lost me. I'm gonna be honest. I was. It was something about the no gyms and the different kind of uh play style of the game and i'm not gonna lie the hour-long tutorial kind of drained the life out of me um i eventually went back and replayed through uh and got through the game and it was pretty good uh and i would say the story was very interesting but honestly it's probably my least favorite
1: game yeah no i would definitely agree there especially when ultra sun and ultra moon came out because it's just it's like sun what's the moon. point of sun and moon it's, it's the same moon, game with ultra wormholes yeah it's, it's the, the same, same thing game, but better
2: yeah, like I at that point, it just felt like either an update or a DLC. Yeah,
1: it was like, it, it was it's, Ultra
2: it's, Wormholes Team Rainbow Rocket storyline. Uh, yes, of course. How could I forget about Team Rainbow Rocket? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> Although I will see seeing seeing Red and Blue in that format was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. That was that was like, <gasps> oh shit, they're back.
1: Yeah. They're older. Holy poggers holy
2: yeah no it, it was really really good <laughs> uh favorite gimmick well i can tell you it's not z-move <laughs> <laughs> i did not like gen 7 in its entirety not to mention that god-awful pokemon i don't like to talk about is from gen 7 um Wait, good old pokemon? marini is from gen 7 oh marini yeah oh. that one um yeah so favorite gimmick honestly i would have to say is either uh terastalization or megas uh which is really weird to people because whenever people think uh at least from what i've heard they're like what's your favorite gimmick it's either megas or it's dynamax or, which is somebody who loves dynamax adventures dynamax isn't my favorite mechanic it's it's pretty Normal. If if I'm gonna be completely honest, it, like it feels normal. Like the the moves change, which so did Z moves. Now you're just kind of bigger and you hit a little harder. So that that's why like Gigantamax is and Dynamax is like, all right, I guess that's cool. Uh, but Terracelization to me, adding a third type was just, oh my god, it's so wild to think about. Pseudo Wudo finally got after so many years, finally got to be a real tree.
1: Yeah. Whoa! He's real. Woo! He's a real tree,
2: baby. He's a real tree.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's cr- well. You, I would probably kind of have to agree that it is one of those too, because terrestrialization like you said, the fact that you could like have, you could make Pikachu fly. Finally, you could make Pikachu surf. Like, it, have it be canon. It, it, it's it it's your wildest dreams of what these Pokemon should have had for a type. You can now give them if you want to just farm all those terra shards to feed them with at a, at a at a at a ramen bar. Yeah, I had to Which think of like it's the ramen bar that you do it. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I was like, it,
2: it is a ramen bar, right? I I was also thinking the same thing, but yeah, no, I actually just did that recently for uh, a Gibble that I had. Uh, did did you hear about the Hank Gibble story? Hank Gibble, no. Oh, God. So long story short, uh, I'm a really, really big fan of like the AI voice covers. I think that they're so funny. Like the Goku Vegeta Cupid one kind of really started it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I would have to say uh, it was the... Hank Hill singing Big Iron, which I will absolutely link you after this. Oh, Um, my God. It it just it was so funny to me and it just kind of sent me and I was shiny hunting for Gibble, and chat asked me to name it Hank. So I changed uh, his terror or her terror type into fire because she sells propane, propane and propane, propane accessories <laughs> <laughs> oh dude it was just like it was too funny so yeah i would have to say terrestrialization is it's either terrestrialization or megas,
1: megas. yeah no absolutely oh my god uh on, off topic on the ai songs uh one of my favorites and it's just because i can do his voice very well is Doomish Mert singing life is a
2: highway Oh my god, that sounds... so! Can you do the Doofenshmirtz impression? I need to hear it now. Barry the Platypus, how unexpected are you to join me today?
1: And by unexpected, I mean completely expected! That is pretty accurate, wow! Barry the Platypus, I'm backing Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel on mobile devices! It, it's fun fact if you go to the some mellow fellow youtube channel it's the fourth Oh video that we do just skip to like the end of the video when you start to see kermit the frog appear on screen because we just lost our minds i start doing doovish merts my friend starts doing kermit i do sell and we have to talk kermit
2: out of killing miss piggy it's a time okay we're gonna go on a very very brief tangent because <laughs> you just mentioned
1: <laughs> you said sell right Yeah. Ah, yes. Kermit the Frog. I'm going to do some more shenanigans in these YouTube shorts that I've seen us do. You know who
2: Devil Artemis is, right? Do I? I don't, that's I <gasps> You know the Cell versus, uh, t- uh, have you seen oh, Team Four cel- Star? Yes, I know. T- uh, yeah, it's the Cell versus Everyone
1: saga. I know that. Yes, okay. So that's...
2: there's Cell versus, which was the one that done by Team Four Star, and then a guy called Devil Artemis took that, and he was like, I'm going to run with this concept and see how far it can go to the point where we now have the uh, Devil's Artemis Cinematic Universe it's the DAU is actually insane uh okay that's I do I
1: didn't know of him by name but I do know that yes so because that's probably
2: where I saw the selling Kermit stuff yeah oh that's absolutely where you saw it no I if if you have any kind of interest in that interaction I would highly recommend going just binging it all it's really probably
1: should I really should it's I I loved that shit because it's just so funny and stupid back on to Pokemon Yes,
2: back on topic sorry (laughs) Uh, favorite spinoff? Oh, it has to be Mystery Dungeon. No, no question. I, well, actually, um, it's it's a tie between as a franchise, it's Mystery Dungeon. When it comes to individual games, it's between uh, Explorers of Sky and Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia. Yes, what a great game! Yes, dude, it's it's actually one of my favorite games. Uh, I will say though honorable mention of guardian signs that was a really yeah. guardian signs great too shadow um, of omnia's story is actually one of the best pokemon stories in my opinion no i yeah it is it really is
1: i 100 percented that game three times wow wow with as much as i could do because there was like i couldn't do the heatran event that they had and there was one other event like a wedding event shaman i think it was shaman those are like the only two i couldn't do just because i had missed the window for them when i played the game but i was able to do the dialga and palkia ones and those mm-hmm. were cool
2: yeah yeah those those are cool and then guardian
1: science had the the arceus one at the, at the event yes. at the very end that was yes. such a cool event
2: that the end of that sure. Dude, i'm glad that we got things like those spin-offs and i do wish that i wish that ranger would translate well to the switch but i just don't think it can
1: it, it's hard it's hard to because it relied on the stylus and the touch screen and while the switch does have a touch screen it's that you you have to play the game in handheld mode so it's one of the downsides of it and it's, it was like it was a plus side for when they brought the ranger games onto the wii u virtual console because i played them again on the wii u virtual console uh and it was great because the wii u gamepad had a stylus and it was just like oh yeah this is so great it's like yeah. i can see everything on the big screen and then do the thing on the, it was ugh. oh <laughs> pokemon seven. oh pokemon uh so a big thing that you do on your twitch channel is you shiny hunt a lot that i do so what
2: got you into shiny hunting this is actually really funny um streaming got me into shiny hunting oh really I- so i did not i did a singular shiny hunt uh during the let's go era i did a shiny voltorb because that's a really good shiny and i was like i've heard that shiny hunting is a thing but like i've never really done it so i'm gonna give it a try and catch comboing was a great way to uh to learn how to get into that um but then i started streaming in 2020 yeah 2020 uh like right at the very end of 2020 uh early 2021 right around when dynamax had come out so i was like okay i mean i'll give dynamax a try and two or three da's in i got a shiny butterfree like a shiny gmax butterfree and i was like okay this is actually kind of really cool so i then was like maybe this is what i should do because i had always kind of wanted to stream um but i never really knew what i wanted to do on stream so i was like maybe i'll do this for a while and then i did dynamax for eight months straight and then i did marini so like that was a very interesting start to my <laughs> Pokemon Shiny hunting career. <laughs> I went from getting butt-tons of Shinies to getting none. Oh, my God. It giveth and taketh. It poke- do. The, the Shiny, hun- God. The the shiny, shiny magic giveth and the Shiny taketh away.
1: It does. Oh, God. I remember I did, like, back in Oris, I did the the Horde Shiny hunting. Yes! I, I caught. I think I only caught... What was it? It was a... Puchienda?
2: Yeah, all I've gotten from Horde is, is like two Zigzagoons. <laughs> no, no, it was a Zigzagoon. That's what it was. It was a Zigzagoon. I, I actually, I had the chance to catch three, but I failed my first one because I just didn't see it.
1: Also, I learned recently that Zigzagoon is supposed to be a raccoon. What did you think it was
2: supposed to be? I don't know. Like a weird dog. Oh, okay, here, I'm going to blow your mind on this one. Do you want to know what Slowpoke is based on? What is... Because I had... I had this, like, philosophical debate uh, because I was talking to my good friend Yuketa and he made some remark about Slowpoke in some some TikTok slash short that he did. Uh, And he mentioned Slowpoke's tail, which got me thinking, does Slowpoke's tail actually taste good? So I I was like, what is Slowpoke based on? Slowpoke is based on the mixture of a hippopotamus and a salamander. Oh, like... Like you can kind of see it, but like I see- what? I what? Especially <gasps> when it evolves into Slowbro, which is just like I I guess larger hippopotamus uh, salamander thing. Uh, by the way, I found this out like a month ago, so I'm I, it's still just as freaky to me. A hippopotamander. Um, <laughs> I will say though. Uh, I definitely didn't just mute myself, as I always do. Um, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen at least once during the interview. Um, but uh, I will say, I, in my research, uh, hippopotamuses and salamanders apparently both taste really bad. So I guess Slowpoke Tails probably don't taste good. Is, are Slowpoke Tails like a drug thing? Like, like what's going on here? It's I don't either know.
1: a it's either a drug. Or, I mean, it was Team
2: Rocket that were
1: selling them.
2: From and the that's Black what I'm market. saying. It's so. it, like, if you did Gen 2 uh, and before uh, Union Cave and Azalea Town, there was the dude that stopped you. He's like, hey, do you want this Slowpoke Tail for a million dollars? And you're like, I don't have money. He's like, oh, you don't have money? Get out of here. And it's when like, you go back with money, he still won't sell it to you. And he still won't sell it to you because he can never have a million. Um, or what whatever the cap was. It was like one short. I mean, um, I even I even tried it in
1: fucking Heart Cold Soul Silver when I did, when they raised that cap and he still won't sell it. And it's
2: just like well, first of all, I would love to be able to purchase Slowpoke Tail as an in-game item since you're already talking about it. But like it really does beg the question as to how the guy responded, at least in the English translated version of like. Man, this kind of seems like this man's waiting for a drug deal. Like, just (laughs) randomly by the Pokemon Center, back in a corner by the trees. That's where he is.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, now now I'm asking the question, how does one consume this slowpoke tail do you just stick it up your nose like what are we doing with this like is it just the whole tail do you smoke it like (laughs) what do you do
2: and, and that's what i'm saying i would i'm probably going to make some kind of uh short about this because like it's just so wild to think about
1: Pokemon has more crimes to answer for now yeah they really do <laughs> God damn it just what I think I, I, I have all of the crimes that they've committed and there's just one more comes along God damn it yeah again
2: oh. looking ahead with Pokemon what are you hoping we get from generation 10 honestly at this point I'm less concerned about Pokemon designs as I was when I was younger um and being like oh this is a unique pokemon design because at this point i'm just surprised by the good ones and i don't complain about the bad ones um i think that there are some pokemon that were introduced in gen 9 that were like eh, and they were like okay that exists but then there's pokemon like veluza which i think is really really cool a psychic water type that's like very similar to sharpedo um and it's shiny is green which is kind of insane um But yeah, anyway, uh, I think that what we could see is one thing I really don't want to see is I almost don't want to see a new gimmick. I kind of just want one generation where it's like, and I know that they're going to have to have one for a selling point, but it's like, I kind of want a generation with no gimmick. And that's just a me thing. But one of the things that I really do want them to do, and God, Game Freak, Nintendo, please hear me on this, actually playtest uh (laughs) and and, and i mean this like without any kind of disdain like actually play test because i think that if you had if scarlet and violet had another three to six months in development it would have been a much better game than it is and a lot less buggy and i feel like the idea of play testing in nintendo's eyes is like okay we're gonna tell you that you should do it in this order so please do these things and tell us how it works Whereas there's people I'm sure like you and me that we want to break the game six ways or seven ways to Sunday. So I want to see how much I can break this game so I can tell you what's broken and be like, all right, here are the problems that I'm having whenever I try and do these normal functions as a Pokemon game player.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
2: That's uh that would be a nice thing for Pokemon to do. So like my big, my big thing is, is like actual play testers. And honestly, I, I know you have deadlines. I know that you're a company. I know you're a game publisher, but give it the extra three to six months in development. If yeah, you
1: you're, you're the Pokemon company. Just release new plushies to hold it, you guys it, over.
2: It, it really, and that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't really matter at this point because they can release a game whenever the fuck they want. Yeah. They, they have no timeline outside of we want to make more money this year to make a game. And it's just like, it's, it's so wild to me that like now we're at a point where we have yearly Pokemon content releases because like back in the day, it's like I would go two to three years between games. It's like, or between generations. And now it's like, it's strictly two. It's like we get the new generation and then we get the remake slash spinoff and then we get the new generation and maybe DLC for that generation and like a gap year between, like we yeah. had with BDSP and Legends RCS. But even that wasn't, really a year in between because it was dlc i guess it was yeah no i guess it was sword and shield had a bit more time than i thought because i didn't really get serious about it until i started streaming uh but yeah no it's just like if you're gonna if you have the extra time that you can have in development be like we're going to pu- publish this game off of our normal schedule we're not going to publish it in december time frame we're going to publish it in the summer okay cool take the extra six months in development piss he did it again (laughs) my point i'll I'll wrap it up uh take the extra six months in development if you need it uh make it an actual good game that people want to enjoy not just another cash grab for the franchise which scarlet and violet kind of felt like i will say scarlet and violet had a really really good game in my yes no absolutely the game itself
1: is actually really good like probably one of the best there has been this past
2: for like the past couple years can't wait 15 years for the remake for so i can actually play the game (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's go especially if they're not gonna like patch it like the only things that they patch are things that break the game in ways that they don't want like with like with the ice glitch in candace's gym and bdsp
1: yeah no definitely definitely uh uh, yeah, I think I think with Gen Ten, I I kind of hope that they maybe like reuse a gimmick, yeah, like, and like, go back to megas,
2: like and you went back to megas in uh, Sun and Moon Gen Seven with Z yeah. moves, so you could have Z moves and you had megas in the same competitive sphere, which I understand for a competitive sphere is very not fun, but like. Even if, and like I said, I don't like Z-Moves. Even if they went back in Gen 10 and revisited Z-Moves, I would not care. I think that that would be really, really cool because we're getting development on a gimmick rather than, all right, we have this gimmick for the generation. All right, let's drop it and never come back to it.
1: Or you go the route of that I think Pokemon could easily do and it would make them lots of money on a subscription-based service that's not Pokemon Home. Is if they made like a Pokemon MMO that gave us access to every region, every gimmick, and you could just go through it like, and they release each region as an expansion. Oh, New just get on Pokemon and the-
2: Crater like the rest of us. <laughs> that <laughs> one sure took you back.
1: God, God, the, those days. The OG Pokemon MMO. But like, but yeah, like no, they, I- what if they if they did do that though? They they could easily like they would they wouldn't have to worry about. They could refine things within the game. They wouldn't have to worry about like separate games, and you just charge a subscription, and people would fucking pay for that.
2: Well, and my thing with that is, um, is you don't even really need everything up front. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you can you can just continuously re- release it over years, and be like, all right, we're going to release Gen three this year. Here is uh, the Hoenn region. I think if you started off with a base game of maybe like the first three regions, so you do. Kanto, Johto, like they are connected in Gen Two, and then you add in uh, the SS Aqua to take you to uh, to take you to Hoenn. Yeah, I think that that would be a good way to do it. And then, yeah, I think doing a Pokemon based MMO subscription service, um, something similar to Final Fantasy Fourteen, where you like, like you said, it's a subscription and it, it's constantly getting new content. I think that'd be a very interesting, but probably from their could, perspective, very risky.
1: They could do, yeah. A little bit greasy yeah but they could do more with like the characters that we know as well they could make whole new better
2: expanded storylines on some of the villains the side actually characters. i just thought of something i do want to see in gen 10 give us voice lines already yeah you okay yeah a, that too yeah gave a voice in the trailer and then didn't give it to her in the game give us voices already yeah like if, if you're gonna do something like that like i don't mind honestly either way whether we have voices or not but if you're going to do something like that in the the announcement trailer for the game dude like come on like just make make a decision one way or another
1: yeah they, they really should like <laughs> it's been how many years now with uh, that they could have added
2: it come on, honestly probably healthily like the past five or six yeah so dating back into like the transition to 3ds it would have been rough but it would have been good. And especially for uh, the Switch games. 100%. Yeah. No, no excuse.
1: Um, So, uh, aside from mainline games, uh, what about spinoffs? Would you like to see a s- certain spinoffs get remade? Or what new spinoff would you like to possibly see Pokemon make or attempt?
2: Now, honestly personally i kind of like the idea that you were just talking about where and that could be its own spin-off even in of itself it doesn't have to be a mainline game um but if i were to see one revived obviously i want to see an explorers of sky remake i think that that would honestly probably piss off the community because it wouldn't be the exact same but at that point hell i don't care G- figure it out give me a ds port and i'll play it ported i don't care but give it to me in a way that I can actually consume it on a modern console. So I think that uh, a good spinoff kind of thing would to be something in the mystery dungeon franchise. Cause they had DX and that actually went over relatively well. Um, so I'm surprised that they haven't done uh, an explorers of sky being like, all right, here's the next one. Um, I think it'd be cool if we get to see that in the next couple of years, but I'm not super hopeful.
1: I would love to see, <laughs> pokemon trozé specifically
2: the sequel battle trozé yes i actually never really got into that game but whenever i would see my friends play it they were like into it into it yeah
1: it was crazy how hard that game went like I, i i put like probably a good 50 hours into that game not gonna lie it was it was a lot of fun playing it on the 3ds and i would love to see like just a version of that brought to the switch that isn't like pokemon Shuffle, where it's just you move it one spot where you could move them anywhere and you would make the combos like that like that was what made it so mm, delicious
2: oh come on give me pokemon conquest
1: oh yeah just- especially especially now they could do like a pokemon conquest like sequel even with the, what yeah, they have now
2: honestly they could and i'm surprised that they haven't yet so maybe that's what we'll see next
1: yeah, that would be that would be nice. Or we get Pokemon Kingdom
2: Hearts. I mean, personally, I've actually never played Kingdom Hearts, but I feel like a lot of Give people would be Pikachu fucking excited Give Pikachu a Key for Keyblade. It. Do it, Pokemon. You wouldn't. God, please, no. We don't. I promise you, we don't need it. We don't need Have it. it. It's, it's... Bring Tetsuya Nomura into the Pokemon scene. Let's do it, <laughs> dude. The idea of Pokemon doing a crossover with anybody is wild to me. That that. I, I, yeah, because they haven't done like hard, like like they the only thing I would say crossover they've done is pairing with companies to make merchandise.
1: Yeah, there's been
2: no kind of and the smash, re- but I feel yeah, like smash, smash doesn't count. Yeah, um, Pokemon in and of itself doesn't really do crossovers from what I've seen or sorry, I would should rather say they don't do crossovers into their universe. Like they'll leave their universe, but they won't bring anybody else in.
1: Yeah. Pokemon needs to fix that. Why well, want my Pokemon Digimon game? Where is it, Nintendo? Dude,
2: how else am I supposed to play the Pokemon Digimon Blade, Beyblade uh, <laughs> Bakugan crossover Good. game with y- featuring Yu Gi Oh? The the two thousand seven crossover game. That's what we should really call <laughs> that's, it.
1: That's what we really should call it. Add everything. Even put Beat 'em on in there. Fire off a marble and shoots out a Pikachu. Oh my God easy done easy money all of us 24 to 28 year olds are in heaven done easy boom uh yeah (laughs) Uh, the last question i do have because obviously the hard rumors right now are the next remake that would happen are pokemon black and white uh do you think it will happen what you hope what do you hope happens with them uh if this does happen to be
2: the case all I can say is, honestly, I'd be surprised if it wasn't black and white at this point. But uh, yeah, I like I, I kind of hope it is black and white. Do you remember the rumors before BDSP came out and they're like, we're going to get black and white first? I'm like, there's no way we're going to get black and white before we get the beat the Gen 4 remakes. There would yeah. be riots in the streets. Um, but no, I think that honestly, logically, yes, black and white will come at some point in the near future. Um, But I think with how BDSP's reception is, Nintendo might actually hold off a little bit longer than they initially anticipated because BDSP was not received super well.
1: Yeah, there were all the issues that portrayed the game. Uh, And I, I feel like it may not be black and white because I feel like what they might do is do a Johto release. With either like another with either another gold or silver, a remake of the remake that was Heart gold, soul, silver, or they make it let's go like that's the other rumor is like a let's go Johto of some sort. Mm
2: -hmm. I I think the other the other angle you could take was with that is you could do a uh, Legends in Johto. Yeah, Um, that that like it's those three options. We're either getting a remake of a remake. We're getting uh, let's go or we're going to get a Legends, a Legends kind of remake. Which I'm fine with two of those things. Like, Which one aren't you fine with? I'm curious. Honestly, let's go. See, I'm in the camp of I would be okay with let's go. I honestly don't want another Legends game right now. Just because of we ju- we had Arceus. We had Arceus and, and then we had Scarlet Violet, which, which both were, open worlds. Yes, both open worlds. I would be okay with going back to something a bit more classic.
1: You know um, what? No, that's actually a very fair argument to make. Yeah. yeah. No, that's definitely very fair. I would just like to see new forms, which is, like, why I'm, like, okay with, like, seeing a let's uh, a Legends Johto. Because it's like, yeah. oh, we could see new forms and stuff. Maybe we could see... Maybe they'll put Raikou Giraffe in there.
2: Oh, God, please, no. <laughs> Do not put Raging Bolt or uh, Walking Wake in there. God, please, no.
1: <laughs> maybe... You know what we could see, though, is, like... What? Origin forms of those three of like what they looked that like before be before the whole reincarnation. Dude,
2: I just want to know we the community. Everybody wants to know. Was it Flareon, Vaporeon, Jolteon? That's I, I feel like I feel like that's the case. I feel like everybody wants it to be the case, but I vaguely remember some kind of source saying that it was not the case and it was just unnamed Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, that's kind of a lame kind of ra- like ex- explanation, but okay.
1: Yeah. But eh, who knows? Who knows? Who who knows? Only Pokemon does. And sadly, we can't break into their headquarters because I lost my, uh, my lock. Pick.
2: Yeah, I forgot my access key too.
1: <laughs> so. uh, is there anything else you want to add on Pokemon before we head on into the bonus level?
0: A look ahead to gaming anniversaries, one-on-one debates, and weekly highlights. Here's this week's bonus level.
1: Alrighty, let's dive on in. We're going to the bonus level. And starting off, uh, this week in gaming history, August twenty-first, twenty-seventh. Here's what happened in the past. Starting off on the twenty-first in two thousand seven, two K released Bioshock for the Xbox three hundred and sixty in North America. On the twenty-second of two thousand five, Nintendo released Nintendo Dogs Lab and Friends uh, for the DS in U.S. and Canada, and also Dashound in Friends and Chihuahua in Friends. Which version
2: did
1: you have? I had Labrador Friends.
2: I had, uh, I think I had uh, the original, which was Labrador, Golden Retriever. And then I had Chihuahua because my sisters had it.
1: On the 23rd, 2005, Nintendo released Advance Wars Dual Strike for the Nintendo DS in North America. On the 24th, 2009, Nintendo released Professor Layton in the Diabolical Box for the Nintendo DS in North America. Uh, on the twenty fifth, Nintendo released two Pokemon Pinball, Ruby, and Sapphire for the Game Boy Advance in North America in two thousand and three.
2: Now that's a title. Oh, That's boy. Uh, I, I mean I, they I, could
1: they could remake Pokemon Pinball. That would that be good that I would actually remake. be
2: okay with I would be okay with a pinball remake.
1: There we go. There you go, Pokemon. There's uh there's like a five dollar eShop game you can put give us to, to you can just
2: feed us into our you, mouth. You know they charge seventy for it. I hate to admit it, but you know they charge 70 for it. $70 for the
1: pinball game. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> that's but 90 that's like, Canadian. That's, that's so much real pinball that so I could it, be playing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, 26, 2002, Mario Sunshine was released for the GameCube in North America. Uh, so happy. What is that? 20, 20th birthday. Act? Twenty first, twenty first birthday. Hey, you can drink. Hey, sunshine can drink. Hey, let's go. Mamma mia, Ma-mia. Uh, <laughs> on the twenty seventh and two thousand seven,
2: Bench White Prime Three was corruption was released for the Wii in North America. Something wild about all those titles that you just mentioned. I remember them all releasing, and that makes me feel omega oh, old. <laughs> I remember, all, like all, like roughly all the trailers for this game, or at least hearing that they were going to be uh released. And I was like, "Man, that's all blast from the past."
1: It's it's a great blast from the past. It, it really is. uh Moving on to our next segment in the bonus level, head to head. Two games enter, one game leaves. Our guest decides the winner. We got Pokemon Scarlet and
2: Violet versus Pokemon Sword and Shield. As much as I said that terrastalization is my favorite gimmick, bye bye Scarlet Violet, give me sword ooh, and shield. Ooh, spicy! Gotta love those Dynamax adventures. Give me those one in one hundred shiny odds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How many Dynamax adventures do you think you've done?
2: I don't want to think about it because <laughs> it, it, it's it's well over. Like, let me put it like this. How many breads have you eaten? (laughs) It's well over base shiny odds in new games. Oh my God. I've done a lot of Dynamax adventures. Oh, like I said, I mean, honestly, it was my content for the first eight months of me streaming. That's fair. That's that's fair.
1: Uh, Our deals of the week uh, on Epic, the free games that you can get until August 24th are black book and Dodo peak. Those are free until the 24th and on Steam. The Games Incubator Publisher sale is on until the 26th, where you can get a cu- where you can get pick up a couple games for some cheaper prices. The achievement of the week is in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Saw is family, which is to reach family bond to maximum and keep it there for the whole match. <laughs> and the game of the week, you know what? I'm giving it to Smurf Cart. I, I have Armored Core 6 here, but I'll give oh, you a Smurf I, I know.
2: I was like, you changed it? It's not Armored Core? I mean, yeah, honestly, Smurf Card's going to kind of be the game.
1: It's going to be Smurf Card. But if you if were actually going to play uh, um, the, the non-meme game, Armored Core is what uh, takes it this week as well. And lastly, our guest game recommendation. If there's one video game in the entire world, old or new, Gar, that you would recommend to the audience right now, what game would it be?
2: Honestly, I'm gonna have to say if you have not played a game, or like it doesn't have to be the specific game, but if you've not played a Bethesda title like Skyrim, you got to. Yeah, like b- before you die, you have to play something like Skyrim. If you're even remotely into fantasy, come on. It's a good choice. It's a
1: good choice. And that that wraps up another episode here in the game lounge. A good old a good old 2-hour yeah that that was definitely a long one but uh we we did cover a lot of stuff we did it was great
2: conversation i agree where can we find you on the internet gar uh alfgar underscore at just about everywhere on twitch twitter oh i'm so sorry twitch x uh instagram (laughs) instagram even threads uh you can find me most anywhere and on youtube Awesome. And
1: of course, you can find me at Tony's Game Lounge. That's on uh, X. <laughs> 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 Ew. Calling it X. <laughs> Ew. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, threads, everywhere. Uh, we have like five videos that I'm working on for the YouTube channel. My goodness. Uh, all various. Uh, they'll be out soon. Um, go watch my latest one, which is just a Hatsune Miku fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> featuring jesse from baking bad oh my god that sounds awesome it's uh five minutes of just hey wh- i i downloaded mods for project diva what if i put these characters in weird situations and just make that a video and i did and um it, it's a fever dream all right
2: i'll say uh that's it that uh, Gar, thank you again for coming on, man. It's Of course, it's dude, great. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that we could finally do this. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, and thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, share, and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're we'll listening to this, to. And stay tuned for next week. Next week is the Season 7 finale. I can't tell you who we have yet because I've been lazy and haven't booked someone <laughs> in yet. Oh, Tony. You never fail to make me laugh. Hey, that's why I—that's what I—that's pl- what I—that's what, what I'm here to do: make people laugh. And uh, season seven finale next week. It's also going to be like one of the last episodes this year because the podcast is like taking a hiatus until like next year, just so I can like focus more on some YouTube stuff. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll see you guys here next week for the finale in the game lounge. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like, share, and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And follow Tony on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.